0: Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you with tools to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, and today, I'm continuing our talks on families dealing with feelings. Today, we're talking about grief. And to me, grief feels like a very strange thing, sometimes oddly, oddly strange. Often, when we think of grief, we assume loss or death of something, I, except in cases where it's used offhandedly um, or informally, like the saying good grief or don't give me grief for not showing up. But it can be tricky as parents and caregivers to know how to help kids grieve, especially. When there has been loss. And even though it's tricky, I think that it's important to address and to attempt to provide closure and comfort amidst feelings of loss. Now, grief is very tricky and sometimes can be strange and so sometimes you as a parent or a caregiver may not even realize that your child is grieving because grief is not linear and it has many many ups and downs so it can look like in the midst of grief your child might be crying or clingy but they also might be angry or fearful or worried They might be avoiding you. They might be avoiding things they used to like. They might have flat affect. They might be acting out. They might be sulking. They might show some ambivalence. They might be questioning things. They might show sorrow or shame. They might feel confused. There could be so many adaptations of the way that grief comes out. Again, it's up and down. There's so many different ways that grief can present. But what I believe as a therapist and a parent is that as parents and caregivers, it's really important to attempt to provide a space where children can explore what grief is amidst loss or anticipated loss or pain or death. And to find what they need, and to be held, so be provided that comfort of being held amidst their feelings. And I, I like to think that this process, even though we can't fully um, talk about, uh, here's here's a formula, and and if you do these steps, grief will go away. In fact, I, I would say on the contrary, once you experience loss, you begin to look at things very differently, especially um, death of close people in your life, whether it's a parent or a, another family member or a pet. But I do find that thinking about, as a parent or caregiver, these next four things is really important in order to be able to provide that comfort and a safe place for your children as they're processing loss in their world. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is to talk about your feelings. It's important to not only let your child talk about their feelings, but that you too could talk about your feelings. Not that you wanna trump your child's feelings, and that is not what I am um, am, um, encouraging here at all, but to begin to talk about or allow space for the feelings of grief or loss to be brought up and to be held and not necessarily fixed right away. So having a space where they can talk about it and then the feelings being reflected back. Now, depending on the magnitude of the loss or the impact on your family, if it's just that your child has experienced this loss or that you as a whole entire family are experiencing it or have experienced it, you may need additional supports that can hold these feelings that aren't trying to one, not necessarily one up. And I'm not, I don't use that in a in a negative way, but sometimes as parents or caregivers, we can often say, oh yeah, I know what that feels like, or I know what you're feeling, or this happened to me, or I am feeling the same way. And for a child, it's not that that's bad, but sometimes wh- if they can have their own experience or have someone who can hold it and be like, oh, you're feeling so confused instead of i too am feeling confused it can feel a little safer because it's a container it's a being held and so sometimes that's why i encourage families to seek out counseling or additional supports during um, huge losses or um, when grief just is overwhelming in their family but Again, regardless, the first thing would be to allow talk about the failing. And then also to begin to talk about the cycle of life. So sometimes, depending on your child's age, a child might have their own private logic or their own private thoughts on what happens after death or what happens when somebody moves away or um, this magnitude or this overwhelming feeling of not knowing what's next and so if we can talk about a trajectory of lifetimes of cycles of that sometimes we have friends for a while and then they go away and it's very sad when they do move away but we also you know this sometimes this happens and we provide Different, um, different scenarios or books that a child can kind of just see or look at, kind of like a path that that they can they can begin to explore. Oh, this makes sense that there are lifetimes um, in different capacities, and there are cycles in different capacities. It can help a child as they're working through what grief means and that, that they can know that they are not alone. I like to utilize books. Obviously, that's no secret if you've been listening to me for a while, but it can be really helpful to find some books about lifetimes. In fact, I, I really enjoyed this book. It's, it's literally titled Lifetimes. Um, there's another book, The Greatest Gift, that I find is just super helpful in thinking about and outlining different um, cycles of life and not moving too fast through pain or loss or grief or anticipated loss, but also knowing that there's, there is a... Um, There is movement within that, and there are changes, and you won't always feel the same, and there is hope. So talk about your feelings. Talk about the cycle of life. And third, talk about the memories. So I really like another book. It's called The Memory Box. And one of the things that I think is really important for children is to be able to talk about the memories, the good, the bad, the hard, the fun, in order to be able to process what the impact of this um, loss was, as well as the impact of the life or the, th- the um, life cycle of whatever they lost was. And we see that a lot, um, that a lot of times, it can be really tricky to do this. I, I know um, with the world situation where there were lockdowns with COVID, it could feel really exciting um, to be able to be out of school early or to have extended spring break. But there was grief that came along with it and it was kind of delayed. And so we saw delayed grief reactions as time went on, which was fascinating to me as a clinician to watch. And part of it was because we didn't necessarily talk about how we children never got to say goodbye. We talked about, the news talked about it, or families talked about How sad it was but we didn't talk we didn't not everyone had the opportunity i shouldn't say we not everyone had the opportunity to have closure some people moved during that time some people um and so then you never got to say goodbye to a friend or someone that you had known sometimes children moved from elementary school to middle school or from preschool into second you know they were in second grade by the time they got back into a classroom there was loss of seeing people's faces and again this is not this is not the same and i'm not trying to group it into the same as if someone died but similarly it is it is a grief and there was a loss and if we don't talk about it it can be really tricky i know some people that i knew well they're their, um, they had family members that went into the hospital and they never saw them again, and and they died. And specifically, I know for one friend, this was huge. And I know that this is not her experience alone. And yet, it's it's super super hard. I mean, there's n- no way around this. To talk about how there's, you can't if you're if you don't see someone. Again, ever again in your life, and then with all of the COVID restrictions, there was no opportunity to have a funeral to celebrate a memory. And so sometimes, regard again, regardless of whether it's during COVID time or not, what I find to be really important is to begin to have a ritual to be able to honor memories um, of people or of the thing that you have lost or are anticipating. And sometimes then if you know you're going to lose something or someone, you can also create um, things that you can look back on to remember and to um, process through feelings and to find joy and to have, have um, beautiful snippets of their life, Um, with you as you are also having lost them and working through that and being with that. And sometimes that looks like creating a scrapbook or a video compilation. Again, this is not necessarily easy to do. It's not something that is always done um, in a the exact same fashion every time. But there's a really helpful children's book called The Memory Box that I find can be really a great starting point for parents or caregivers who are going through or um, have their child has experienced some grief to think about the memories that you have had with this person. Again, it's we're not trying to take the sadness or the grief Away, but we're trying to be able to sit with it in a way that honors them and honors our feelings and is being held. And then the fourth thing that I would encourage you to do, whether, whatever the grief is, if it's a large, and large scale or a smaller scale is as a parent or caregiver, be around, be around children again, are not going to feel grief on a linear fashion neither are in a linear fashion and neither are parents and so the more that you can be around the more that when feelings come and they show up and they need to be held or processed through there is someone there to help them with that again remember we talked about how grief can look like lots of different things it can look like crying it can look like anger it can look like being ambivalent it can look like asking questions so sometimes you know a child that's really um, dealing with some stuff with grief might be start asking you questions and you might be like where in the world is this coming from but if you're present and you're there with them you can help them through this process and begin to uncover what's underneath these questions. Maybe they need additional help. And again, the motto of this Parent Matters podcast is don't parent alone. So my hope would be that you would not walk away from here saying that you think that I would say you have to be there all the time or always be around. There are groups for bereavement there are um, groups to deal with loss there are social workers at schools there are counselors there are all types of programs around um, and with the with the internet these days there's a lot of helps that you can access that even if you're in areas that you might not have as many in-person resources you can have additional um online or virtual options. And so I would just encourage you as a parent to think through this. Who can your child um, count on? And when you're not able to be around, who can be around? And sometimes making a list and, and just normalizing it. Feelings come and feelings go, but when your feelings come up, especially around loss and change and death, and you're feeling grief, which is so much more than sadness, We can talk about our feelings. We can talk about the cycle of life. We can talk about and remember memories and you as a parent or caregiver are around. Remember, loss can come in all different forms. For a child, it could be a friend moving away. We talked about COVID. It could be divorce. It could be change of schools. It could be death of a pet. It could be a death of a friend. It could be death of a family member. It could even be hearing about death or uh, observing it um, in in virtual platforms. So remember, remember, a great starting point is to incorporate the four things that I talked about today with regularity for best results, for the kids in your life. Again, regularity is the key. So being around regularly, not just when the event happens or around when the grief process starts, but actually being around for them or making sure they know who can be around for them. Um, Talking about the memories, like I said, and the cycle of life and just talking about feelings. And as a reminder, I'm not the be-all, end-all on this subject. And the topics discussed on this podcast and all of the research should just be considered a matter of personal opinion. I know there's a lot of opinions. And they, these here on this, on this podcast, um, please do not take as professional advice. But if you or your child are in need of a mental health counseling center, support, services, please search out a licensed mental health counselor in your area. If you enjoyed this podcast or found this information useful, don't forget to subscribe and to join me next time. And if you have questions or comments or want further resources, please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at the podcast. And remember, as always, don't parent alone.